When you vacation with Norwegian Cruise Line, every day is a new day. Get a taste for Barcelona, then savor incredible dining back on board one day. Connect to ancient history in Athens, and then disconnect in our spa another day. Wherever the sea breeze takes you, come aboard and experience a different tomorrow with Norwegian. Visit ncl.com, call your travel advisor, or 1-888-NCL-CRUISE. Norwegian Cruise Line, ships registry the Bahamas and USA. The rest of my life gonna start today. If scary movies give you dread, keep you up late night in bed, here's a podcast that will help you ease your mind. We'll explain the plot real nicely, then we'll talk about what's frightening so you never have to have a spooky time. It's Ruined. Hey everybody, welcome back to Ruined. I'm Hallie. And I'm Allison. And we have very exciting news. We saw each other in person recently. Yes. Yes. I made the trip to New York. It was really great. It was thrilling to see each other in person. I'm sure you guys can or cannot tell. We, we, we mentioned it. We live on opposite coasts and have been separated not only by our residences, but also the pandemic. And it was very exciting to get to be together again. Yeah, the last time we saw each other was in February 2020. You were staying at my apartment with me. Yes, thank you, on your little couch. Your and little couch. It was just so nice. I mean, it's just nice in general to like be back in New York and things are opening up and, and yes. see everybody. But it was a true meeting of the minds. We, of course, Ugh. drank too many frozen margaritas. A lot of frozen just marks. talked shit. Talked talk trash. We got, it was a boyfriend of the pod was there, Dave. Uh, so we got to have some nice outside drinks. We saw Jenna Lyons uh, on the street. Oh, yeah, that's right. A celebrity sighting. That's a celebrity for like Dave. <laughs> I was going to say, Dave is, Dave is the one person. I feel like Dave and Allison are like the people who would watch uh, Jenna Lyons' uh, reality show. You know, I haven't seen it, but only because I'm in a longstanding issue with HBO Max not having an app for my TV, and I don't oh, have okay. a Roku or an Apple TV, and it's the only streaming service that does not make an LG TV app. And I'm like, well, then I'm just never going to watch HBO Max because I'm not going to watch TV on my computer like a right, yeah. 25-year-old. I mean, but when eventually they do, you will enjoy it. Because I Because it's watch a competition. It. So basically, it's like, who will hang out with Jenna Lyons? Like, it's not Ugh. even... That's like a hard, like honestly, that's a cutthroat, difficult-to-win kind of competition. You're absolutely I right. I can see myself dropping out very early. <laughs> so I think we, we saw each other. We, we feel renewed. We feel refreshed. Yes. Um, we feel ready to take on the world. Hallie, did you have any horror moments in New York? Any oh, no, yeah, New well, York horrors? You know, I, I definitely did. I had the, the the biggest New York horror, which I had forgotten living in L.A. I mean, we were home all last year, but then also we have a car. So it's easy to jump in a car and go home or, or go to different places. New York, you're on foot. And you're, you're, you're carrying a bag. You're, you're, you're like a little camel walking around. And yep. um, we were going to brunch at Balthazar in Soho. It was like, because Dave yes. had never been. It was like really, you know, nice. It's like a place you take your mom when she's in town, you know. Yeah, it's like a landmark, but also there's good food. But it's yeah, like scenic and fun. Great. Yeah. So we're walking there, and I just had, I believe, a cold brew and then another coffee because I'm insane. And uh, yes, that's that's my speed. (laughs) I think it was I had two cold brews. So as we're waiting, and you know, we're approaching Balthazar, but there's Mm -hmm. like a big line even to like tell them we've got a reservation. And I have the New York panic moment where I was like, am I going to poop my pants Mm -hmm. before we get into this place? And I had forgotten that in New York, you might suddenly find yourself. Not with no bathroom in sight. And we were walking yeah. past the Starbucks. I was like, maybe I can run in Starbucks. Literally, there's a I know line. The one. 
for the bathroom, out <gasps> to the door down the block. It was Starbucks employee who had to come back and said, if you're just here to use the bathroom, stand against the wall. Everyone <sighs> in Soho had to go to the bathroom. And that's, I mean, God bless those Starbucks people for I essentially mean, just offering public toilets now. Doing God's work. So I definitely had the 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 shiver of terror of am I going to make it? Luckily, I did it. It was totally fine. But oh, I, I mean, I've already gotten so soft. I went to LA and I'm so used to being able to just poop whenever I want to. And and that was no. first time. Like you need to make a strategy and you need to figure out what how much time you have. Like what you're but wearing. Are you white ever pants. afraid of like being in traffic and being in your car and being like there is not a solution here? I'm trapped on the like. 10 and... You know, I guess it's possible it hasn't happened I've yet. had that fear in L.A. Yes. I guess in my you mind, know. well, at least if I do, I'm alone. If I poop okay. my pants in my own car, I'll be unhappy, but I'll just go home and, and change but my nobody, pants. But nobody has to know. No one has to know. In New York, if you shake your pants in Balthazar... It's a public maybe, experience. Everybody's going to know. Everybody's going to know. Everybody who's anybody will know. Yes. Everybody will be talking about it. I will say there was another horror moment that we experienced, not quite together, but when you were in New York, which was we were meeting up to go to a bar, and I was like, here's a couple of options for bars. Oh, yes. I, of course, forget what bars are even open in areas right. that aren't exactly where I live. Um, and I suggested a bar, which I'm not going to name because it's a bar I actually quite like when it's yeah. not a crisis. So I want to, like, you know, contain the integrity of the bar. Um but we went to this bar, and Hallie and Dave beat me there. And you went to the bathroom, and it was already very crowded in a way yes. that was, like, not ideal. Like, not ideal for hanging out, not ideal for, like, the emerging from COVID. Exactly. But you went to the bathroom, and what, what happened to the bathroom? Well, there was no hand soap, okay? That's- and then we went to the, the, you know, the bartender, we're like, is there hand soap? And she reacted as if we said, do you have a gun? Can I borrow a gun and just shoot it wildly into the ceiling? <laughs> she was like, oh, we don't have hand soap. It, it, it wasn't even 5 p.m. I want to say it was like 4 p.m. No, it was, it was still full daylight. It was like post-brunch. And it was a packed bar. They're like, we don't have hand soap. And then, and then Dave said, like, well, do you have hand sanitizer? Because again, we just had a year where we were dealing with a pandemic. All and we go, did was sanitize. Go, I don't think so. It's like, so you are opening your bar and you don't have hand soap or hand sanitizer. It's not even 5 no. p.m. You're going to have dozens of people coming in here. Everyone here is going to get E. coli. Yeah, or, or absolutely. Or COVID is the least of their worries. And so um, Dave, because he is a man, I, I was someone, I'm like, well, I'll just wipe my hands in my pants, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I live in a barn. But Dave rightly was like, well, let's try another bar with yeah. his hand soap. And we did. And we did. And we went to uh, the Vaughn, which is a wonderful place on Bleecker and Bowery in New York. If you live in New York, please go support them. They are the best. And we had many lovely outdoor frozen margaritas and beers. And Dave had some rosé. And then, God, I don't even know when we'll see each other in real life again, but it was really now lovely. Now I'll come out to L.A. It'll be Yeah! Great. We'll do it now that we're oh, all traveling oh. again. Oh, I forgot. This this podcast is about horror movies. And oh, every yes. every week we ruin <laughs> a horror movie for you. So if you can get through that, we're going to get down to business. Yes. Um, we have we have done many themed months, yes. and it's been very fun. Uh, July, I believe, is the month that we're in. And, mm-hmm. uh we don't have a theme because, like, there are so many movie requests and so many movies that we want to get through that don't necessarily always fall into the theme that we're doing, you know, like, you know, nature or classics or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, like, we, I think we wanted to spend this month getting through some, like, oft-requested movies that were just like, we got to get these. We got to do these. And that's what right. we're doing this week. I, I would say that this is one that has come up. I don't know if it's our most requested, but... 
It's definitely up there. I feel like it comes up quite a bit. It was recommended by both Jake S. and Tony H. via email, and I'm sure like many others have been like, when are you doing this movie? But we are doing Cabin in the Woods. Um, a personal favorite of mine. Um, it is uh, 2011. Uh, is directed by Drew Goddard. And it's written by Joss Whedon and Drew Goddard. I only bring that up because Joss Whedon has been, I believe, canceled or at least yes. fallen out of favor. And there yes. are some moments in this that I feel like have just not aged well in a particularly mm-hmm. Joss Whedon way. If you follow his work, if not, these sure. probably won't stand out to you. But there are a couple moments where I'm like, all right, Joss, you, you got Ew. your last little moments. And now, you know, we get to move on. Um, it's also This is also the first movie I saw that with Chris Hemsworth in it. So I was very excited to be introduced to him. Didn't know he was in it and into this. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so before we uh, ruin a movie, we like to have Allison watch the trailer. And what are your thoughts from the Cabin in the Woods trailer? So this movie comes up, I would say, very often. When, when I tell people about the podcast, yeah. they're like, have you done Cabin in the Woods? Have you talked about Have you seen it? Have you talked about it? Mm-hmm. And I just feel like there's so many movies where I know, uh, like, I knew a little bit about Hereditary, and I know a little bit about, you know, some of the classic movies that we've talked about. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, I knew a little bit about The Ring, but, like, this is a movie where I'm like, it comes up all the time, and I genuinely didn't know anything about it. Great. The trailer is not what I was expecting. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's really, also, it's like, I guess it's more recent than I thought it was. I thought it was, like, from, like, 25 years ago. Yes, I love um, that. You were like, so I think it's not from like 1990. I was like, that yeah. is wild that you thought it was an I old thought, movie. I thought this was an old movie. I think just because it's been requested so much, I assume it's a classic and not mm-hmm. a modern classic. Yes. Well, what about what about the trailer? Did you, you did you find surprising? Like which element? Uh, Chris Hemsworth was pretty uh, high on the list. I didn't realize that it was like a hunk movie, and I am into a hunk movie. Yes. Um, also, like that it like seems. It seems like there's, like, more going on with the cabin than I was expecting. That is the way I would describe this film. There's a lot more going on with the cabin than you think. There's so much more going on with the cabin than I was expecting. So I was, like, I was ready for kind of, like, you know, we meet a gas station attendant. Of course, they're in the middle of the woods. Shit starts happening. But then all of a sudden, there's, like, levels and stuff going on that I just, it's just not what I was picturing at all. There are levels to this thing. We also like to take a baseline scary of the film, and I don't want to give away too much too early okay. on. Okay. So how scary, Allison, do you find the concept of archetypes, which in Jungian psychology is uh, defined as a collectively inherited idea, pattern of thought, image, et cetera, that is universally present in individual psyches? I mean, as an English major and a film minor, I love archetypes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am familiar with the the many popular ones that show up in in the storytelling that our cult our our civilization has done. So I like them as a thing and I'm terrified of how they will be used as a horror trope. And do you believe in sort of this idea that there are these archetypes or ideas that ex- that sort of um exist behind or beyond our conscious learning of them? Like, do you think we inherit those kinds of things from some, you know, er, original, um, you know, example of things? Like, inheriting them or no? I, maybe. Um, Good answer. Maybe. I, I, I feel like there are things that are not learned that we do that are consistent 
like across time and people, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I feel like so. that's re- like I think that there are types of people, there are types of stories, there are ty- like that is not necessarily people reacting and repeating things, but more something that is ingrained and, and part of our psychology that right. is po- possibly genetically passed down. So like I could see that and like the and the way our society functions like kind of creates space for different personalities and and things. So I I could, I don't know. Again, maybe, I guess, is my answer. (laughs) Yeah, I guess I think, uh, like, when I think about that, I think about, like, um, I need to do more research about this, but, like, there's a lot, like, you know, I believe in evolution. I believe that we evolved our consciousness. So, like, there must have been, like, I mean, yeah. (laughs) You come out, you're like, like, I am a flat earth Christian believer. I'm a Christian illiterate. Um, Shout out to 30 Rock. I believe... The only people who survived were the people on the boat during the flood. So, well, I think because of that evolution, there was probably a long stretch of time where our brains were evolving consciousness that must have been just batshit insane. Where it's yes. like our brains are trying to wrap our minds around like the natural world as it exists and like death and birth and stuff. And that's where a lot of like you know, religious archetypes emerge from. They're repeating yeah. like if you die, you get to come back or like you're like God that has children and then the children kill them or whatever. Like... Those are things that happen, but I just think like that period of I don't know how even how long it would have taken because we don't know enough about consciousness yet. Right, but, like we're the human brain. It's like we weren't monkeys anymore, but we weren't where we're at. Where the brain right. is just like ah, oh, like, like how wrinkling. do I survive? Yes, yeah, yeah. So like, what, yeah, what's all the empty stuff that they say like you don't use like a large percentage of your brain or whatever? What's in there? What's yeah. being kept around? What in is there, in there? You know? We don't know. We don't know, and the movie's not going to answer that because it's not about oh. that. But um. Great. I'm going to ask you what you think it's about when I ask you, Allison, to please guess the twist. Guess the twist. I mean, I the trailer for this left me with more questions than answers. So I think it's something about, uh, I don't know, basements? <laughs> like, I know they go down some levels. That's all so I Allison, can I want to be clear, out. you... I asked you to guess the twist, and you said the word basements. Okay, great. I've had two We're glasses of wine top. while we've been recording, so I, I feel like I, I am no longer capable of guessing the formulaic twists of these movies. I'm now I beyond mean, you're that. you're not wrong. It's just... <laughs> it's, not, it's not a twist. It's just a, a, a facet of the plot. Uh, and I, I, I understand that, but... <clears throat> well, there's a lot going I, on in this movie, so we better yeah. get to it. Yeah, I know. There's a lot. And uh, please enjoy this. We ruined for you the movie The Cabin in the Woods. We open on a credit sequence that is showing us images of human sacrifice in sort nope. of like blood and, and blood red, sort of like scrolls and manuscripts. And then we cut immediately to two office drones named Sitterson and Hadley, the latter of who, of who was played by uh, Bradley Whitford. And he's complaining about oh, his wife. He's terrifying. Well, he's just the perfect office drone. You know what I mean? Like the perfect, he's, like, you know. He plays, I watched The Handmaid's Tale for the torture porn oh. of being a woman, I guess. And <laughs> he's so chilling in it for, like, the kind of, like, his dryness and his, like, it's like, oh, he's, like, kind of funny and kind of, like, irreverent, but still, you know, terrifying. So Yes, and he, uh, perfectly cast in this role as yes. well. love that. And he's com- complaining about his wife baby-proofing their house, even though they're not pregnant because he thinks it's going to jinx her, their chances of getting pregnant. And suddenly they're interrupted uh, as they get coffee, like, in the break room from Lynn from the chem department, who has, like, a white coat. Okay. And she's going to tell him that Stockholm went south. 
and they're dismayed, but they're not overly disappointed, even though Lynn seems to be more panicked, okay? And she tells them it is down to Japan and us. But Hadley brushes her off like, it's not the first time it's come down to the U.S. and Japan. Japan has a perfect record, and the U.S. is number two, and we haven't had a glitch since 1998. Speaking of which, that glitch was the chem department's fault, Lynn, so if you want to maybe pull it together, we're going to be fine. And they sort of brush off her panic, um, and they leap out a little golf cart, and they drive down the hallways of what is like a massive facility. It's like a huge building. You see all these people bussing around, like maintenance men and security guards and other office drones and scientists. Yes, so a shadowy organization, the purpose of which we do not not know yet. And Citizen's in the cart trying to put his coffee on, and Hadley stops his rant about Baby Proof to ask him, like, are you even listening to me? And then there's a jump scare where the, the title card, The Cabin in the Woods, pops up. And we have no Ooh. idea who they are or how they play, what role they play in the movie. But they are okay. the, our first characters we meet. We then meet our other, our, the gang, as I will refer to them, our main characters. Okay. And they're like in a bustling college town. And we meet Dana, who is, a, like Alicia Witt, is a redhead. Because we okay. horror loves a spunky redhead. Who doesn't? And um, she's uh, packing. She's pantsless. And she's packing stuff up in her uh, bag for the weekend. And she finds a sketchbook. And in it, she sees, like, a sketch of an older man. And she sort of looks at him wistfully. And her roommate Jules busts in and says, oh, Professor Fuckwad. And we find out that (laughs) Dana was having an affair with her college professor. And he just broke it off in an email. And Dana's like... An email? I know. And she's like, I knew what I was getting into, you know, whatever. And she turns around and she finds out that Jules has just dyed her hair blonde. So we don't know what hair color Jules normally has, but now she is a fabulous blonde. And she's kind of okay. insecure about it, but Dana says, it looks amazing, you look fabulous. Great. And Jules rips the picture of uh, Professor Fuckwad off of her sketchbook, and she said, we're going to burn this over the weekend, we're going to have fun, I want you to just forget about this guy. Dana's also, not there yet. Also, this idiot leaving a paper trail with emails? Oh, I mean, nowadays. Even even we 10 years better. ago, maybe, but 10, like now. I would say, yeah, no. Absolutely. And... I don't know. I mean, obviously the people playing these roles are 28, 30 right. of their day. Of but I think they're supposed to be undergrads. I guess they could technically okay. be grad students. But um, clearly in an inappropriate relationship. But Tina's like, I'm not ready, you know, whatever. And Jewel says, okay, well, Kurt, my boyfriend, played by Chris Hemsworth, he's coming on the mm-hmm. weekend and he's bringing his friend Holden. And he, if his friend Holden is as cute as he says, you might be getting out of that swimsuit and getting under him. And Dana's like, you know, I'm still not over this disgusting older man who took advantage sure. of the, the, our, my relationship yeah. with him, uh, the power dynamic. And Jules is like, absolutely not. We, She said, we have a cake and a lake. No more reading. Because Dana wants to take all of her, like, esoteric history textbooks. And Jules is like, absolutely not. We're going to have fun. And Kurt comes in, and he throws a football into the room, and it flies out the open window where it is caught by his friend Holden, who is played by Jesse Williams, who he just transferred. And also, he is as cute as they say. So yes. Dana's like, oh, okay, I, I, I didn't know what we were talking about, but I'm still okay. not ready, you know. Delivering and, on promises. And Kurt, uh, Jules runs off to finish packing, and Kurt helps Dana, like, pick out the books that she actually needs in class. Like, he's already taken it. He's on, like, full academic scholarship. Like, he's very smart. And he gave, gives the books, and he also says, you should also put on pants. Which is that, because that, that to me is like a Joss Whedon thing, where it's like, there's no woman who is going to stand in her underwear and not realize that she's half-naked when Chris no. Hemsworth walks in the room. Or any man, really. Any man. Any, any person. No one has to be reminded, oh, by the way, you're just standing in your underwear. She, she, Sorry, but I she acts like, I'm oh, my God. underwear. Like, no, you yes. know. So, I, but she's and supposed to be like And if Chris Hemsworth our, walks in, 
it's a whole other. I'm diving out the window if I'm not wearing yeah. pants. I don't want him to, I, I need to be prepared to see him, you know? Yes. Um, but she's supposed to be like, again, like our like more naive, younger, yes. like inexperienced protagonist. Yes. You know, so they load up um, Kurt's dad's camper and they are going to a cabin that his cousin bought in the woods, obviously. And okay. so it's uh, so it's Dana and this guy Holden, and then Kurt and Jules, who are a couple. And then their fifth okay. Marty arrives, and he's a huge stoner. His car is literally filled completely up with smoke, and he has like a telescoping bong that, when you fold it down, it becomes a travel coffee mug, which is actually very clever. Would love to have that. Is he the one who's like thinner, long hair? Yes. Yeah. He's like you're, okay. yeah. You're um, who's the guy from Scooby Doo? Fifth Wheel. He's oh, a fifth wheel, unfortunately. Shaggy. Yeah. But the implication is that they've known each other since freshman year. So, like, they're good okay. friends, except for Holden, who's new. But, like, everyone else, like, like they're actually good friends with Marty. Like, they're, you know, it's not it's, it's not quite as bad as, like, oh, God, I'm here with two couples. It's like, we're I'm friends okay. with three of them. They're all fine. pals. Yeah. And then we're off to Kurt's cousin's cabin to die. And on the roof of Dana and Jules's building, we see a man with an earpiece call Sitterson and Hadley and lets them know they left. He says, the nest is okay. empty. They're right on time. Immediately, as soon as they get outside, like, like the college town, the GPS won't work. They can't figure out what roads they're on. And Marty goes on a rant about how that's good. They shouldn't be tracked. And, and Jules says, oh, society is crumbling, huh, Marty? And he says, no, society is binding, right? It's filling in the cracks with concrete. Everything's filed or recorded, blogged, right? Chips in our kids' heads so they won't get lost. Society needs to crumble. We're all just too chicken shit to let it. Meanwhile, he's hand rolling like joint after joint, like dozens of joints okay, for yeah. the weekend in the. It's like, camper. oh, this guy's real voice of reason. Yes, exactly. And that is unfortunately going to be sort of the problem throughout the movie. Is he has some interesting ideas. No one's going to listen to him because he's but no totally stone. Yeah, he's truly baked out of his mind. Meanwhile, back Good at the shadowy facility, um, Citizen and Hadley, they're in a command room, which is filled with huge screens and controls, and they're joined by a security guard named Truman, who has just joined the organization. And Hadley okay. says, did they prepare you for what we will be doing here today? And Truman says he's been prepped, and Hadley says, being prepped is nowhere is the same as being prepared. I'm warning you now. So this is Truman's first experience doing okay. what they're about to do. Whatever up, they're doing. Yeah, a terrifying gas station where the gangs say it is a truly madly, deeply creepy gas station attendant named Mordecai. Yes. And he's like Mordecai. your your er gas station attendant. He's got like dried animal skins and weird jars and like broken furniture. Yeah. He's like sp you like dipping as yeah. I saw in the trailer. Like he's like spitting exactly. out like just like gross saliva and tobacco. And they ask him for directions because they can't find the road. And he's like, oh, you might be able to get up there, but getting out, that's the bigger issue. You're heading to the yeah. old Buckner place, huh? And he warns them about, yeah, you shouldn't go up there. But everyone's like, oh, right. this guy's a creep. And he ends up calling Jules a whore after she, she sasses okay. him. And Kurt, like, throws cash in his face, and they peel away. And okay. as they drive on... At one point, they're driving along this huge, a beautiful CGI gorge, and they drive through, like, a tunnel that's in the side of the um, mountain. And when they do, we see a bird flying, and as it flies, it hits an invisible grid surrounding the area. And the grid sort okay. of lights up and sparks, and we see the bird explode okay. into flames. So okay. there is some, an invisible enclosure that they are now driving into that they could not perceive. Had they seen the bird explode, maybe they would have seen it, but they didn't. 
So we know. I'll already say that's when I would have turned around if I had seen that. Exactly. I would have been like, nope. Oh, we're yeah, out. there's some sort of invisible grid, uh, invisible cage that we're driving into. Well, no. sadly, yeah. No, but they yeah. didn't see. Unfortunately. And they finally arrive at the cabin, and, you know, it's kind of a jump from the outside. There's leaves everywhere, it's dusty, but it's nothing that five young nubile bodies can't clean up and make cozy. And um, it's very cute, like, in a 70s way inside. And when they uh, each pick a room— Holden's room has a painting of, like, a group of men brutally disemboweling a huge goat and, like, dogs tearing its body. I so, love art. Yeah, so he's like, okay, this is gross. <laughs> so he takes it off the, the um, wall, only realize there's, like, a two-way mirror. There's a two-way mirror between okay. his yes. and Dana's room. Yes, which is in the trailer. And Dana just sees a mirror, so she starts to undress, and Holden has a moment of, like, maybe I should just... Nope, I'm going to say something, and he stops her and he knocks on the door, and everyone comes in, and... Marty's like, maybe they had to make their own interrogation rooms out here. You know, maybe this is like, what was like a police station or I don't know, some old t- olden time things. I can't think of a thing that would require a, what is it, a two-way mirror or a one-way mirror? Like, what, what is the what phrase is, for? What is what? The, yeah, what is the right one? It's the one where if you look one way, it's a window. And if you look the other way, it's and a And the mirror. other way, it's a mirror. Whatever that um, is. A focus group mirror. Like, yeah, I just no. can't imagine why anything short of like a government building could yes. possibly need that. And, you know, Kurt jokes is like, oh, they were probably freaks and, like, they just wanted to watch each other fuck, so I don't want you sneaking a peek at me if there's a room in the other one, you know? Right. And um, Holden asks Dana, do you want to switch so that, like, you don't, you feel weird about it? She's like, thanks, I would appreciate it. But, of course, when she's in the room, she sees him take off his shirt, he's jacked, and she has that moment of, like, should I watch nice. him undress? But she says yes. no, and she puts the, puts the painting back up and covers it with a blanket because it really is a disgusting painting that to me would be a larger issue than the mirror it's like who made this the painting is a huge problem and like to be in like a cat like to be in just like a like whatever like cabin in the middle of the woods literally like that like the presence of that I'd be like something is wrong here like why would this be here in a space that is not like oh there's all kinds of art including this disturbing art like yes that would be a that would be something I'd be like I'd be like this is a red flag we pull back and we see Citizen and Hadley are watching all of them on a grid of screens, revealing that there's a camera in every room and they're being monitored um, okay. throughout. And Lim from the chem department arrives with an update. Jules's blood work came back, but they're going to give her um, rotaphase to include uh, rohiptase to a rohiptase. They're going to give her rohiptase to increase her libido, and they also have sort of slowed her cognition down through her hair dye. So they're essentially making her a dumb, horny blonde without her knowledge. Okay. They're engineering her towards I this I see end. where yes. archetypes are now. And slowly we will also see all of them sort of be pushed sort of towards this horror movie archetype. She just yes. happens to be the most obvious one going right. blonde. And just then, Citizen Hadley got a call from Mordecai, the gas station attendant, who's, who goes on this rant. He's like, the lambs have passed through the gates. Their blind eyes see nothing. Cleanse the world. Cleanse the world for the ancient ones. And then he realizes that he's on speakerphone, and Hadley, Citizen, and um, Lynn are just giggling at him. So he hangs up, and he's angry about it. Okay. And back at the cabin, the gang is going swimming. It's this beautiful lake. It's incredible. And as they're being watched on the screen, everyone from the shadowy organization stops by the control room to place bets on the fate of the gang at the cabin. And Truman, because okay. he's a new employee, is kind of disgusted by this. And he's like, first of all, does the director know you bet on this? And how are you betting on this when you're manipulating the scenario? You know, like, it doesn't seem really fair to, like, Yeah, see- that does actually feel, 
even more, like, even more than, like, we're going to bet on, like, the fates of these people. Like, to be like, oh, but, like, this isn't fair betting. Like, you're just, you're in control of it. And they say, no, no, no. They have to choose what happens. We can't force them to do anything. Like, we can manipulate things as much as we can. But they have to then choose, they have to choose to transgress of their own choice. If they don't, they can't be punished. And that's the way it's always been. They have to actively be a part of this. So, okay. you know, that's, at least that's what they're, they're going to uh, tell Truman anyways. So back right. at the cabin, they're playing good old-fashioned truth or dare. And Marty, who was stoned out of his mind, dares Jules to make out with a taxidermied wolf head. Ugh. And she does it with relish. Like, she's seducing the wolf and, no. like, kissing its bare fangs. It's such a convincing, like— sexy but like very creepy way that everyone's like kind of turned on and kind of freaked out at the end everyone applauds yeah. like oh that yeah, it was great great job you you nailed it and so finally next it's uh dana's turn and Kirsten says oh just tell her a truth she's gonna pick truth like there's no way dana's gonna pick a dare and she's like no i will pick a dare suddenly the cellar door swings open vertically revealing a set of vertically. stairs into the basement like it, it's not like it's swung open literally it pops open it like lifts okay and Marty's the only one, like, how the fuck did it happen? And and Holden or whatever was like, maybe it was the wind. He's like, the wind for where? The wind? How, the, from the basement? We're like, inside. How would right. And Jules dares Dana to go into the basement. And Allison, I then ask you, what would you do? What would you do? If no, you were faced with I'm this not- situation. I'm not going. I'm like, I'm changing it to truth. Uh, and the truth is we should get the fuck out of here. Like, why are... Yes. Like, this is a weird place. Like, it's not like... Even like before the door swung open, it's like, there's weird stuff here. I don't want to... I can't relax. I'm not on vacation. We're getting out of here. As a chef and a restaurant owner, I'm as meticulous about my cookware as I am about my ingredients. That's why I love Made in Cookware. Each pan they make isn't just designed to perform, it's crafted to last. As a mom, I love that I can trust Made in. It's made from the world's finest materials, so I can feel good about what I'm feeding my family. I'm Chef Brooke Williamson, and I use Made in Cookware. Disney Plus and Hulu are better together in the Disney Bundle, with new movies and series. On Disney Plus, experience the full Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with new main show performances and acoustic collection. On Hulu, follow the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone in the award-winning film Poor Things. All of these and more streaming this month. Get the Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com for details. Well, things are only getting weirder because there's a bunch of weird stuff in the basement. So, of course, um, there is. So, Dana creeps down with a flashlight and it's full of junk like paintings and knickknacks and clothes and, and weird artifacts. And everyone follows her down. And Marty's like, uh, This is bizarre. Is this your cousin's stuff? And Kurt's like, There's no way he even knew this was down here. Like, he would have right. mentioned the basement full of insane garbage, you know? Yeah. It's like, stay out of the basement. It's super scary. Right, yeah. Even if the door pops open, don't go down there. Yeah. Um, And so they all pick up different items. Like, Kirk picks up, like, a conch shell, and he's about to blow into it. And then suddenly he puts it down, and he picks up a puzzle ball, and it's covered in a sort of a Hellraiser-style metal strips. And then Holden opens a music box and sees a dancing ballerina. And Jules picks up a necklace, and she's about to put it on. And Dana finds an old diary, and she starts paging through it. And all of them have, like, a different item. But before any of them could, like, open the puzzle box or put on the necklace, Dana clears her throat, and she starts reading from the journal. And it is the diary of Anna Patience Buckner from 1903. 
And here's what she reads. Mama screamed most of the night. I prayed that she might find faith, but she only stopped when Papa cut her belly and stuffed the coals in. Judah told me in my dream that Matthew took him to the black room, so I know he is killed. Cutting the flesh makes him have a husband's bulge, and I do not get like that. Marty, reasonably what? enough, interjects and says, can we not read this? This is not good. I'm with Marty. I'm fully with Marty. <laughs> and everyone's like, no, like it's, you know, whatever, man. And Dana keeps reading, she's like, I, in the next entry, which is, I have found it in the oldest books, the way, the way of saving our family. My good arm is hacked up and et. So I hope this will be readable, but a believer will come and speak this to our spirits and it will be, then we will be restored and the great pain will return. And then Dana says, and then there's a phrase in Latin. And Marty says, I'm drawing the line. Do not read the phrase in Latin. Don't read Latin. But then he hears a whispered voice that says, read it. And Marty is like, oh shit. And he rushes over and he knocks the book out of Dana's hand. But Kurt shoves him and he tells him to stop being a fucking baby. And that's our first like indication that Kurt is also becoming this like dumb jock stereotype. Is yes. like, we've seen him be incredibly nice like and helpful. And he's very right. smart. And now and he's now like being this macho, like alpha. Yeah. And he's like, you don't be a fucking baby. And unfortunately, um, everyone agrees with it because, uh, you know, Dana's like, this isn't real, you know? And she reads the Latin. Mm-hmm. And the Latin is Dolor super vivo caro, Dolor sublimus caro, Dolor igneo animus. Unfortunately, as soon as she fucking reads it, we see oh, the no. zombified bodies of the Buckner family including Anna Buckner, who has the one arm, and Mama Buckner, who still has glowing coals in her stomach. Belly full of coals. And they all have rusty farm equipment, like an actual handsaw Mm -mm. and a huge, like, cleaver. They crawl out of their graves in the yard and start coming for our gang. Does the gang see them, or is that something we as the audience see? Yes. Okay, not So we are aware that they are out and about in the woods, the gang does not know. And we cut to the oh, control room no. and everyone goes, oh, because everyone had bet on what what uh, monster would appear. And maintenance is to declare the winner okay. in addition to an intern who didn't know who to bet on. And we see okay. a giant whiteboard that Citizen had uh, written on. And all the different departments bet on all the different monsters that the gang could have picked in the basement unwittingly based on the item they had picked up. So... A question. Would you say that, like, with what's going on at the company or like mm-hmm. the entity that is controlling all of this. It does it feel comedic? Is it scary? Do, like, what is the vibe of like I of course what's happening in like the in the cabin with the with our gang is scary. But like is the overarching thing like is this nefarious or is this kind of played funny? Um it is it is comedic, but with the idea that what they are doing is real, like they are really okay. going to try to engineer their deaths. This isn't a prank. This isn't like a Okay. You know, like this isn't like oh, we're you're going right. to find out it's like for a show. No, this is legitimate, but that's where all the comedy is and I think it's supposed to be like the you know, like the dark comedy of like having a bad job or having a difficult job is like to them they've right. done this so many times and engineered the deaths of so many people that it they bet on it and they like kind of right. treat like, and that's why they have the character Truman because Truman sees like all this and he sees the zombie family and he's really rattled and he says, they're like something from a nightmare. And Lynn tells him, no, there's something nightmares are from. 
So everything that's in our stable of monsters okay. is a remnant of the old world, courtesy of you-know-who. And she sort of gestures below the building. And she tells oh, him, don't worry, okay. you'll eventually get used to it. And Truman said, should you get used to it? Great question. Um, and Hadley is disappointed because Kurt didn't blow the conch shell, and he was really excited because it would have summoned a merman. And, and the merman has never been summoned, oh. and he's never seen one. And citizens, really yeah, citizens, like, don't worry. Like, the Buckters have a hundred percent clearance rate, and the scenario in Japan is still uncertain. Like, they have another scenario that isn't concluded. So the Buckters are a great pick because they they will get the job done. Okay. Back at the cabin, Jules is like the horniest anyone has ever been, and she's doing a sexy horny dance while Kurt like cheers her on. It's like, yeah, like don't tell me you wouldn't want a piece of that. And Marty's like, can we not talk about people being in pieces right now? And yeah. They Holden and Marty and Dana are haven't been they're still being affected, but not as much. So like they're like, what is their deal? And Kurt and Jules goes out go outside, of course, to Bone in the Woods. Yep. And Marty says, I have a theory about this. And he's like, look how Kurt and Jules are acting. Like Kurt called Holden an egghead and he called Dana a virgin as like an insult. And yeah. he's acting like this, like he even put on his letterman's jacket, which he doesn't normally wear. And it's like you're, right. He's acting strained, and Jules is like, he calls her a celebutard, which it, it, it was 2011, I suppose. We were still saying yeah, that. Yeah, we had some different rules. And um, Dana's like, okay, what's more likely? They're drunk and you're super stoned, or someone is manipulating all of us. And Marty's like, all right, that's fair. I'm going to go to my room and read a book with pictures. So he goes to read Little Nemo. And Holden and Dana sit up on the couch, and they're talking about what the Latin phrase means, but also they're like flirting, and we know they're going to kiss. And Holden uh, could read Latin from high school, and he says, the, it translates to pain survives the flesh, pain raises the flesh, pain ignites the spirit. And then they, then they make out, of course. So of out course. in the woods, Jules and Kurt are looking for a place to bang, and all the men in the shadowy organization have, like, gathered in the control room to watch them fuck. And they yep. groan when Jules says, oh, it's too chilly to take her top off. And um, Citizen and Hadley eventually kick everyone out of the room. <sighs> And they start tweaking the environment so that the pair will have sex in the woods. So they okay. turn up at the temperature. I'm warming it up. Yeah, yeah, warming it up. They start spraying a pheromone mist. When Jules says it's too dark, too, let's go back. A beautiful moonbeam illuminates like a bed of soft moss. So then, you know, they start it's you all know, get to it. There. Yeah. yeah. And Citizen and Hadley are like, take off your top, take off your top. And Truman's like, is it really necessary Ugh. if we see your topless? And Citizen says, well, we're not the only ones watching. You understand what's at stake. So, like, this is also part of it. It's not just their murders. It's this whole, um, it's, a, it's a pattern that needs to be followed. It's a story that needs to okay. be revisited. Finally, Jules takes off her shirt. She looks great. And she and of Kurt course. get down to business. And nice. unfortunately, because this is a horror movie after all, as soon as she closes her eyes and she's on her back, one of the zombified Buckner boys stabs her through the hand and then starts stabbing Kurt with like these, a giant gnarly farm knife. They oh, end up dragging God. Jules off into the woods. Turn of the century she, farm tools, perhaps the scariest weapons. Because it's like they're not well maintained, but also, so right. you know when it cuts you, it's just going to be like dragging across. Like it's going to take yes. so much longer than a and sharp it's knife. So rusty and so gross, but you're also get so sharp. Yeah, yeah. you're going to get tetanus. They drag Jules off of the woods, and as she screams for Kurt, who has been injured, the Buckners decapitate her with a rusty saw. Oh. Back in the control room, Citizen is, Citizen is praying, and he's holding a necklace with a symbol on it, and he says, 
This we offer in humility and fear for the blessed peace of your eternal slumber. And both he and Hadley say, as it ever was. And Hadley goes to a cabinet and he pulls a lever and somewhere deep below the building, a mechanism sends blood into the outline of a human, like, uh, carved into rock. So every time somebody dies from the gang, a lever will be pulled and blood fills a different, slightly, a variation on the outline. Yes. Okay. So Marty is in his room reading and he hears a woman's voice whispering, I'm going to go for a walk. And he's like, wait a minute. I wasn't making this up. I'm not a puppet. I'm not going to do my puppet dance. If somebody's watching us, I'm going to go for a walk. So even though he heard it, it still affected him. So like he, and and it was just funny. And so he goes outside and he passes Holden and Dana who are making out and she stops him and says, you know, I've never, and then she stops herself and says, well, I don't mean never. But it's like, she also is like, she was about to say I've never had sex, but she has. But it's just like, right. she's being pushed she's further playing into this into virginal. Like, yes. Yeah. The final girl, the, the you know, the, final, the protagonist, yes. you know. Yes. So Marty goes outside to take a leak. And as he's being, we see Anna, Anna Buckner, the zombie, slowly making her way out of the forest behind him. And it's this excellent shot. Is she shot. the one arm? Yes, and she's slowly okay. making her way. Suddenly, Kurt slams into Marty and inadvertently clotheslines Anna Buckner, and they both run to the cabin, and they slam the door, and he tells him, Kurt tells him, Jules is gone. We have to get out of here. There are people in the woods. And he's like, we're not okay. leaving Jules. Like, if she was attacked, like, well, she might she, we need us. She opens the front door, only to find Matthew Buckner, who's, like, fucking 6'8", and, of course, a zombie, Ugh. standing there. No, oh, yeah, it's like... Bad and getting worse. <laughs> he is holding Jules' decapitated head, and he throws it into Dana's arms. No, no, and no, they, uh, she no, drops it, no. screaming. If someone throws my head at you, ever drop it. I'm fucking just spiking that thing. Do not feel compelled to catch it. It is not that our our friendship is over. I'm dead. Yeah, no. I mean, we can be friends when you're dead. I mean, but I'm gonna slap it and then I'm gonna drop kick it. I'm gonna kick it out of yeah. the air after I knock right back at him. Around. Exactly, yeah. and then knock him out. Yes. Uh, thank you for giving me permission. You could do the same thing. I, I won't mind. Okay. I figured that that's kind of like the pact that we have. So they're able to get the door closed before Matthew Buckner can come in. And they like barricade the door. And Marty says, oh my God, we also saw a zombie girl outside with one arm. And Dana realizes, oh shit, that's Anna Buckner. I read, we read the book. Oh boy. Right. Like she immediately. We all know. It. Yeah. We all know what's going on here. And so Chris says, okay, we can't get to the camper because we, we can't go outside. We have to barricade ourselves inside, shut all the windows, and like barricade the doors and stick together. In the control room, we see Hadley send a gas through the vents, and Kurt's like, no, we should split up. And so they all split up and go to their individual rooms, and the control room locks them all inside. So Marty runs over to the window, and he's trying to barricade it. Locks the house or locks them all in their rooms? Locks them all in their rooms. So they are all now individually trapped in their rooms. Okay. So Marty runs to the window to shut it, and in his panic, he knocks over a lamp, and inside he finds a video camera. So he says, oh my God, I'm on a reality TV show. My parents are going to think I'm such a bird out. Just then, Judah Buckner just smashes through the window and pulls him outside. And Marty's able to hit him a couple times with this huge bong, but Judah drags him off in the woods, and we just hear knife squelching and blood spraying in the air. Oh. And so Hadley pulls another lever, and another outline of a human body fills with blood. So we are down now to three. Back at the cabin. Wait, so that was Marty? Marty. The stoner. Marty the stoner was just dragged through the woods. Okay. Back at the cabin, 
Dana pushes a dresser in front of her window, but the Buckters are coming in anyways, and Holden has to shatter the mirror between their rooms and sort of drag her out. And they're able to get out of the rooms, but they get into the basement, but it's a different room walled off from the room they were already in. It is the black room, the room the Buckners murdered in. And Dana's like, "Cool, okay, well, this is where they killed those people, so this is where he's going to kill us. And Holden's like, no, we just have to find a door. I'm going to take care of you. We're going to be fine. Just then, a giant fucking hook shoots down from the ceiling, and a Buckner is dropping in and stabs it through Holden's back. Dana is able to stab the Buckner enough to get him to stop. I mean, he's still alive. He's a zombie. Not alive, but he's still alive. He's slowed down. He cannot move. He's essentially pinned to the wall, right? And she's able to get Holden away from him. And luckily, it doesn't seem like these are kind of zombies that if they bite you, you turn into a zombie. It doesn't seem to be that kind of thing. They're just kind of like— at least don't have to worry about that. They're to fuck shit up. Okay. Yes. They just want to kill. Yes. Um, Just then, Kurt is able to get down there, and they escape out of the root cellar door. But Kurt tells them, I I saw them get Marty. And so, obviously, Dana is devastated. But luckily, they all pile into the camper, and they peel out of there. Meanwhile, okay. we see over in Japan. Good, let's check in in Japan. Yes, check in in Japan. And their scenario is different. They make a point at a certain, at a certain point that um, every culture has different archetypes. So in Japan, we're in an okay. elementary school, and it's a girls' school, and Ugh. they're being terrorized by a ghost. But they're able to mollify her, and they're gonna, they take her angry spirit, and they uh, put her into the body of a frog. And one girl holds a frog up, and all the other students hold hands and sing happily— and there were no fatalities. Meanwhile, Citizen and uh, Hadley are cursing them out through the screen. And they yell at Lynn. It's like, why? We sprayed Marty's pot. Why is he any more malleable? Why is Marty able to, like, pick up on what's going on? Like, you were supposed to be manipulating him, too. And she's like, we did. I'm telling you. And they realized they're the last country that, has, that can successfully conclude their scenario. Every other country has okay. failed. And Lynn says, if the ancients rise and they cut her off, they're like, it's not going to happen. We are going to— Wait, so successfully means everyone dies or everyone survives? Everyone dies. Okay. Because two people have already died. So in order to, for, for this right. to succeed, they um, okay. all of them will they die. They need to kill everybody. Yeah. Okay. Well, and Japan go, is like— we, Okay, got it. This is Yeah, the Japan's a failed scenario because not only did they not they found kill a way five around people, dying. Right. No, nobody died. So everyone, and everyone else— uh, We see sort of flashes around the globe, you know— a city was attacked by a giant gorilla. There's all these different scenarios, horror movie scenarios, that the people were able to overcome, and they were able to survive. So in order to do the exact scenario they need to have happen to, again, mollify the ancients, which we don't know enough about yet, Right. they nope. have to do this. Because they can't just show up and just shoot all of them. You know, they have to die in a horror right. movie way. In a horror movie scenario. Okay. Just then, Hadley and Citizen realized that the tunnel out of the woods, like past the gorge, was supposed to have a cave-in and trap them inside that grid. And there was a short circuit in the wire, so the tunnel is clear. So the camper is essentially about to okay. escape. And luckily, Citizen is able to, like, um, hotwire the mechanism, and the cave collapses, and the gang has to throw the camper in reverse, and they barely make it out in time. So now they are trapped on the forest side of a gigantic ravine. There's no bridge. Okay. They have no climbing equipment, but they do have Kurt's motocross bike because he's cool as hell. Not only is he smart and handsome and nice, yeah. but he yeah. also, he's like a climber. He's like, oh, I have equipment, but it's my room, you know? And he, But he, like, luckily oh, he does okay. motocross. So he's like, I can do it. I, I do big jumps all the time. It's not even that far. I can do it, and I'm, I want you to lock yourself in the camper 
and just bunk, hunker down. I'm going to bring back, like, helicopters and tanks and shit. And those things are going to pay for jewels. And they say, okay. Holden says, don't hold back. And Kurt laughs and he says, I never do. And then Kurt leaps over okay. the gorge on his, on his bike only to slam into that invisible grid, which we see light up as he tumbles all the way down. Kurt is dead. Yeah, I mean, you can't, you cannot live driving your bike right into an invisible grid and tumbling to the bottom of a gulch. Yeah, he's not getting out of there. And so Dana, of course, is like, oh my God, Marty was right this whole time. Like, we, there are puppeteers. Somebody is trapping us here. Somebody is yes. manipulating them and picking us off by, one okay. by one. And of course, we see Hadley pull a lever and the outline of a warrior fills with blood. So we know that, that okay. Kurt has died. So Holden and Dana, they drive back towards the cabin. And Holden is like, there has to be another road. Dana says no. He says, well, then we'll just drive into the woods. And we'll go as far as we can, and we'll keep. We'll walk. Like, we just have to put uh, space between us and the zombies. Like, there's no but other like, option. You've clearly seen that, like, there is a force field. Like, Yes. And that's what, what you, Dana you, says. Like, any, any situation we are going to try to put ourselves in, they are going to manipulate it. Right. But Holden calms her down, and he's like, I, I believe that we will be able to outsmart this. Unfortunately, a knife is suddenly jammed through the back of his neck. One of the Buckners had sneaked down to the camper, had been there the whole time, of, of stabs Holden. So the camper flies off the road and into the lake. Dana is screaming, and she yeah. barely escapes. Luckily, okay. she's able to get oh, out. To be the last he, one surviving this would be traumatic. And she makes it to the dock in the control room. They're celebrating. They're cracking beers, you know, and, and which confuses Truman. He's like, well, why are we celebrating if Dana's still alive? And they say, oh, no, the virgin death is optional, you know, the, which is like the final girl trope. Like, it's actually fine okay, if she yes, lives. final girl, yeah. Because the point of her is not her death. The point of her is her um, her pain and, and getting to watch yes. her trauma and her watch her be brutalized. Yes. Like, we, that's what we're doing this for. And Hadley yes. has this moment where he's like, he really, he's like, really did feel for her. And like, she has such heart. And then like, suddenly everyone else in the or- organization is coming on. He goes, tequila is my lady. And then they just start making marks and they're eating chips. And everyone's partying Ugh. because they have succeeded. Meanwhile, yes. on the screen, we see Dana's on the dock. She's attacked by a Buckner. So she's being kicked, having her ass kicked on this dock, being brutalized. Still less is going on while everyone at the organization right. parties. It's just and celebrating. Yeah, and Citizen, she sort of chides the electronics department for the tunnel snafu. And they tell him, that was not our fault. There was a power glitch that was redirected from upstairs. That was like a a systems problem. And he's like, how is that possible? And suddenly a red phone starts ringing and everybody goes silent. And Hadley goes over to answer the phone and he finds out that one of the teens is still alive besides Dana. So my question to you, Allison, is who will survive? survive. So uh, we know Dana is still alive. One of the other college students is alive. And also, yes, do you think Citizen Hadley, Truman, Lynn, do you think they're going to make it out too? Well, I think Marty is still alive just from piecing together the trailer. Mm -hmm. So my guess is that the two of them survive. I think that there are some deaths in the office. Mm -hmm. I think that there are some, I don't know who I think Maybe the drones that Hadley and Sitterson die, but Truman survives. Okay, great. I'll say, yeah, I'm going to go with that as an optimistic guess. Great guesses. Okay. Hello, America. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. 
If you don't have consumer cellular yet, now is the perfect time to switch and save. For a limited time, new customers can get wireless service for as low as $15 a month for your first year. Yep, the same exact nationwide coverage as the leading carriers for $15 a month for an entire year. What are you waiting for? Call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com and use code RADIO15. See ConsumerCellular.com slash FIRSTYEAR15 for promotional details. If you want to bring coziness into your life, you turn to Barefoot Dreams. Now celebrating 30 years of coziness, Barefoot Dreams is the originator of everyone's favorite Lux Home Blanket. There's a reason why Barefoot Dreams has been on Oprah's favorite things list six times. Dressing head to toe in Barefoot Dreams is the key to comfort, as its ultra-soft robes, loungewear, and accessories are each made with premium materials. Get 15% off your first purchase at barefootdreams.com with the code PODCAST15. So Dana is still getting her shit rocked by this massive hillbilly zombie, Matthew Bruckner. Great, great. Only to be rescued by Marty, who is able to essentially, like, jam his bong into the Buckner's, like, Ugh. killing chain. I don't even know. He's just Marijuana whipping a chain. Lives. And he was able to whip the chain out of his hand, and then he's he grabs Dana, and they're sprinting back to the cabin. And he okay. tells her, the only way we're going to be able to escape is you have to cr- we have to crawl back into the Bruckner's graves where they came out of. And she's like, I don't want to have to do that. But we see Anna Bruckner is right behind them. So she's like, fuck. So they have to go back in where the zombies came out. Yeah. Yeah. And they find themselves where Marty has been hiding this whole time. It looks like a maintenance hallway. And there is like a still alive but disemboweled and uh, dismembered one of the zombies. And Marty's like, yeah, I had to dismember him with a trowel. I I didn't know what to do. And he has a um, like a fuse box open, an electrical panel. And he's like, I've been fiddling, and I'm going to try to gain access, and look at this. And he does something, and it opens a floor in the door, and he says, look, it's an elevator. I think if we go inside, I can get in there, and I can get it to go down. And Dana says, do we want to go down? And yeah. Marty tells her, well, we don't really have a lot of other options. So he's right. Yeah. They get in the fucking elevator. Unfortunately, a lot of the uh, zombie mush, like it's still moving arm, falls in after them. Oh, so they're no. like, oh. As they descend, we see they're inside a massive glass grid made up of individual containers. And in every container is a different horror movie monster. Interesting. So they stop next to one. It is a werewolf. It slams against the glass and screams at them. There's another one with like a, a screaming ghost, like a uh, corpse. So it's like okay. a... A, a ghost that's sort of like a wisp and, and, it, and it sort of, um, I'm trying to think what it looks like. The frightening or something. Like it's like a, ephemeral. And then a, like baller, a ballerina girl with a face made up of lamprey teeth. Oh, she sounds chill. Yeah. Oh, I guess that's if Holden had uh, let that's the, the uh, ballerina, box. yeah, the music yeah. box play all the way through. And I heard a Hellraiser ripoff with Buzzsaw Blaze in his skull named Fornicus, the Lord of Pain. No. And that's when Dana realizes, because she remembered Kurt had the uh, puzzle ball. She's like, oh, my God, we chose. We were put in that basement, so we chose what would come and kill us. Zombies. And Marty's like, yeah, that's true, and I I don't know what to do with that, you know. And as as we pull back, we see all these monsters, like a homicidal robot and a clown and, like, some, like, stranger-style, like, like, mask killers. Yeah, like regular serial killers. Um, yeah. a giant weird bat, you know? Oh, God. Back in the program, everyone in the organization is freaking out. They have to find them, and they have to kill Marty, at least. So do they know that they're there, or do they yes. just know that they're missing? 
Okay. They, they're able to locate them. I guess when he like hacked into the elevator, they're able to figure that out. Uh-huh. So they know exactly what they are. Okay. They send the elevator down to the floor, and when they get there, there's a security guy with a gun. And they say, do not kill Dana first, or else it'll be all for nothing. We have to kill Marty. Oh, okay. You know, just to follow the, um, the pattern. It has to be the rules. Yeah. Exactly. There's still rules. And so the, the door, elevator opens, and a security forces guy points a gun at them, and Dana's like, why are you trying to kill us? And he's like, shut up. This has nothing to do with you. Like, this is, it's way too complicated to explain. <laughs> Unfortunately, the severed hand, or for him, fortunately for uh, Marty and Dana, the severed ar- zombie arm from the uh, dismembered Bruckner grabs the security forces guy's leg, and they're able to dis- disarm him and knock him out in the elevator. So now they're, like, in the elevator bay okay. of this totally Ugh. white, sterile organization. And they hear the director's voice come on the PA. And the director is uh, Sigourney Weaver. Okay. Love to see it. And she tells them, You've seen horrible things, but they are nothing compared to what came before. What lies below. It's our task to placate the ancient ones, as it's yours to be offered up to them. Forgive us, and let us get it over with. So they're basically saying, give yourselves up to be sacrificed. Because it's going to, yeah, okay. Because the uh, the alternative is worse. So just then, like, a squad of, like, 20 armed security forces guys show up. And Marty and Dana seek refuge in, like, the control booth of the elevators. And they run in there and they hide. And this is, I don't, I've never designed something like this, but I just got to think you shouldn't sure. have this kind of button. Because once you're inside, Dana says, army of nightmares, huh? Let's get this party started. And she hits a button again, it should not exist, that it releases all of the nightmare cubes into no. the elevator. There should be, that shouldn't be, a, you should have to break a glass Why at least. Why is that? Don't exactly. make that. It, it, there's no reason you would ever need that, but luckily it's there for them. Because uh, all of the elevators ding, like a second later, a werewolf comes out, a giant snake, a no. bunch of regular zombies, like other zombies come out. Also, like, after having seen all of them on the journey down, like, that's so much worse because you know... Yes. Some of what's coming, but also not everything. So they're being massacred. Like, these guys have guns, but, like, a lot of these things don't seem like they're killable. Like, you can't kill a zombie. Right. You know, like, maybe you can kill yeah. a, snake, a giant snake, but they don't do a good job of it. No. They are torn apart just in time for the new squad of armed forces to show up. They find oh, the room. God. It's just filled with bodies and blood sprayed all the way up, all the, way up the walls. And as no. they watch, no. the elevators ding again, and another group of monsters come out. So it's like ghosts and, like, stranger-style killers with masks oh, and a it. crazy clown and what looks like a raptor and then just, like, no. a motherfucker who can crawl on the ceiling. I don't know what nope. his deal is, but you know it's not no. good. Get him the fuck out of there. And uh, uh, Marty and Dana would be safe for now. Unfortunately, a giant bat, like, smashes the glass of the booth and starts chasing oh, them. Oh, good, so a they bat to... is there? So no. now they're out in the building, too. So there is total mayhem. The monsters are now gone from the elevator bay. They're like crawl- they're trying to kill. All these things want to kill, of course. is what we, what we yes. are understanding. Yes. So they're, they're finding, they're attacking people in the building. People are trying to barricade themselves in the door. The control room, obviously, they've like locked this like big bank vault-type um, door. So it's just like the four that have been there this whole time. People, at one point, a woman shoots herself in the head because she doesn't want to have to deal with about what's about to happen. Like, everyone is freaking out. I mean, people are being she's tortured. not wrong. She's one after yes. my own heart. <laughs> people are being eaten. People are being, like, horrible shit. And Dan and Marty are about to be beset by monsters when the bat smashes a hole in the wall and they're able to get inside the walls, like the maintenance, I don't know what you call that, but the uh-huh. maintenance area, and they're just running through there, which at least has less people and less monsters in it. And okay. um, it's a numbers game. 
Yeah, and the last monster finally arrives in the elevator, and it's Anna Bruckner, who was able to make it back inside via the elevator. Great. And unfortunately, eventually the monsters are able to get into the control room. They get through the bank vault door, and they attack Truman, and they're tearing him apart. So he detonates a grenade, and he kills himself, and he kills like four of the monsters. But the blast knocks Hadley across the room, and he lies there, and he finally gets to meet the one monster he always wanted to see, which is the merman. Oh. Who is, it's like this disgusting, I'm sure. it looks like a, a porpoise with like a human mouth, like a giant grinning human mouth, oh. and long dark hair, like human hair. Ew, why? And he just tears into Hadley's body and blood sprays out of his um, blowhole. And okay. it was sort of like, Great. wow. And, okay. Yeah. And Hadley goes, come on. And then, of course, he has uh, died. He has died yeah. immediately. Bye bye. Bye-bye. Um, Sitterson is able to, like, override the system, and uh, he escapes into a hatch, and Lynn is following him. Of course, she is then yanked away into the sky by a giant tentacle, so... Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah, I guess, like, a giant, like, a Cthulhu-type monster or a giant octopus. I don't like it at all. But as he's running down inside the walls, he runs into Dana, and she in- inadvertently stabs him. So he just runs into her knife. But before he okay. dies, he tells Dana to kill Marty, and he says, you have to kill him or else things are going to get even worse. And Dana, for the first time, was like, maybe I should kill Marty. And Marty gives, I mean, um, Marty gives what's, Dana... What's worse, though? Well, that's a great question. And things are about to go from bad to worse. You think this is bad now? We're going to find out the stakes how, are even worse than we had known before. How could things get worse? A tentacle killed somebody from the sky. <laughs> Absolutely. And, but um, they were able to get a gun from this first security forces guy that got um, grabbed okay. by the zombie arm. So now Dana has a gun, which would be the merciful way to kill Marty if she decides yes. to do that. Because now she's like, okay. oh, if that's what I have to do, then maybe I should do it. They, they right. are walking through the hallways and they find a flight of steps and they descend into like an antechamber with like high stone walls. And it has the outline of the, far, the five archetypes on the wall. And on the floor okay. is a symbol that we saw in Citizen's necklace that he was holding when he was praying. And they look over a platform they're standing on, and they see, like, rumbling and, like, moaning below. And that's okay. when they realize, oh, we're part of, like, a ritual sacrifice, aren't we? Oh. And Marty's like, just get a dagger and some robes. Like, why do they have to do all this? Like, if they were going to yeah, sacrifice like, like what the fuck? Yeah. Just seems then like the director, lot. again, shows up. I love when a villain shows up to explain themselves. Luckily, the director shows up, Sigourney Weaver, and she tells them, again, it's different in different cultures. That's why Japan was all kids. But, like, here, like, the ritual has to be done in in a particular order, in a particular way. And at least in America, uh, the people that have to die are the whore, the athlete, the scholar, the fool, and then the virgin. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> Dina's like, well, I'm not even a virgin, sure. but we'll take. And, and the director says, we'll take what we can get. You know, it's modern times. Eh, yeah, it's hard to find a virgin. And the director says, if we fail, they rise. And there's eight minutes till sunrise, so Marty has to die before then, or not only everyone on the planet will die, but everyone on the planet plus you guys, so including Marty, will right. die. And she says to Marty, you could die with them, or you could die for them. And Dana raises her gun to the back of Marty's head. And she says to him, like, Marty, the whole world. And Marty's basically like, okay, well, if this is the way the world works, then maybe it should end. And he turns to face her, and Dana says, I'm sorry. And Marty says, so am I. And the reason he's apologizing is because he doesn't tell her that a werewolf's about to attack her from behind. So the werewolf grabs Dana and and, and starts tearing into her. Yes, Uh, Marty's able to grab the gun. He shoots the werewolf. 
And then the director starts grappling with him for the gun. Dane is incapacitated. And she sees Anna Bruckner enter the chat and walk in the room. (laughs) And right as the director is about to get the gun away from Marty and kill him, I guess, ostensibly to see if that would work, Anna Bruckner just swings an axe into the back of the director's head. And Marty pushes them both off the platform into this roiling cauldron beneath them. Okay. And Marty goes to sit next to Dana who realizes, you know, I don't even think Kurt has a cousin now that I'm thinking about it. Like, I don't, like, who knows how yeah, far how did back they this end planning up went. Right, yes. How long they've, have they been manipulating them? How long have we been the chosen five? Yes. And Marty says, how are you doing? And she says, I'm going away. So Dana is dying anyways. Okay. And Dana apologizes for thinking about shooting him. She's like, I probably wouldn't have done it. And he says, it's okay. I'm sorry I let you get attacked by a werewolf and also that I'm ending the world. And they light up a spliff, and Dana says, humanity, maybe it's time to give someone else a change. And they're like, man, but if there are these, like, crazy ancient evil gods, like, it would have been cool to see them at least. And as the building starts to shake and crumble around them, we see a gigantic hand thrust up from underneath the cabin and sort of reach for the camera. And that's the end, Allison. Whoa, okay. So needless to say, there's not going to be a sequel. So the... Movie ends with the world being destroyed. Absolutely. As we're supposed to believe. Wow. Well, they really wrap it all up there. I guess I do, like, as you said, like, I'm like, why them? Like, why were these, why was this gang the chosen five in America? Like, I mean, I guess it doesn't matter. It's like, they're close enough to the archetypes that, like, you could, like, kind of, like, nudge them into these roles. The director does say, it's not just because you're young, but that is part of it. Okay. So, Allison, what, if any, fatal mistakes do you think our characters made in this movie? Fatal mistakes. I feel like this is the rare movie that there was nothing you can do. Yeah. Even in, like, moments where it's like, oh, we should just turn around. Like, they would have done so. Like, it feels like they had a plan for everything, and thus, like, there was no real escape. Yeah, and I, I guess, like, for the people who worked in the organization, like, yes, they were do, they were killing people, and that's awful, but also they were correct in thinking that if they didn't, the world would end. You know, so yes. it's like, maybe the world should end, right. but also that imply, included in that is ever, billions of people horribly dying as these yeah. ancient gods unleash their wrath onto humanity On for doing something planet. that, like, is awful to begin with. Yeah. Wow. Not what I was expecting this movie to be about. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how, how does it compare to your original idea? Is it just sort of... I thought it was like a movie about, that was just like a basic, like a monster or a murderer is stalking a bunch of hot people in a cabin okay. in the woods. And like more along the lines of Scream, where like yes. there is acknowledgement of the rules of horror, but right. not beyond the actual control of human beings. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, it exists in a somewhat... Normal world. Re- yeah, it exists in reality as opposed to this, I mean, hopefully fake reality. <laughs> and then my question is, which archetype do you think you would be? And which of the monsters, whether I mention them or maybe you're just remembering from a different movie, would you want to kill you in this scenario? Oh, I mean, gender-wise, it's tough because, like, I'm definitely, like, a jock. Oh, I think you could mix it up. It's, 20, it's 2021. You know, yeah. the gods have to, yeah. can't be that picky. Again, it's not, she wasn't right. a real virgin. I think you'd definitely not, be the I'm female not a athlete. Hemsworth. But, like, I feel like that's kind of where 
I think, like, my personal history aligns, though I'm probably more the stoner who's like, we shouldn't be here, let's get out of here (laughs) in practice. Um, So I would think those, and I would say of the monsters, I mean, I I want a quick, I say this all the time, I would Uh like a quick death. Whatever my death is, I want it to be quick. I want to go quickly and painlessly. So whatever will bring the quickest and most painless death Right. Which, you don't again, want to be tortured I feel like or eaten or anything like that. I want that. somebody to just shoot me in the head. Like, oh, so a murderer to shoot me in the head. There's one um, monster I didn't mention, because I had forgotten it, but uh, there's a unicorn, and we see the unicorn spear a man through the chest. And yeah, I want while that. that would still be painful, that seemed like the everyone else was being, like, Fast. chewed and, and Slow, clawed yeah, I don't want to be maimed. I want to be yeah. just a quick, and I feel like also it would be cool to see a unicorn before you die. Exactly. Yeah, the last thing you see is a unicorn murdering you. That's a unicorn, kind of fun. And then, it, and then it stabs you through the heart and you die instantly because there's exactly. no, like, long-term, like, suffering with that. So I would say that. Um, I would, yeah. I, yeah, what's man, your I, answer? I, I almost feel like, what do you think I would be? Because I guess it's like, mm. I guess sort of the egghead, but I'm not really that smart. But I am that kind of smart where it's like, you weren't smart enough to get out of this situation. Right. And I don't really smoke. I mean, I smoke occasionally, but, but I, I mostly I feel like drink. you embody the you know, in the same way that, like, like we're both, like, when we talk about how we would physically, like, would, we would realistically yes. behave in all of these. Like, we have the same, like, I'm getting out of there. I'm not going to do, like, I'm not doing yes. this. Like, yeah. and I feel like that's kind of the sentiment of the, like, stoner, like. Yes, you're absolutely right. And we would, inter- it does add up if we were inadvertently causing the end of the world. There's also one more thing yes. I forgot. This is a very layered movie, so I forgive This uh, movie has a lot going on. There's a lot in the house, in the cabin. <laughs> but they say at one point that the reason that they had sprayed Marty's weed with like, forget me juice, I don't even know what they, sure. some chemical to make him more malleable. But then you realize that he had another stash. He's such a stoner that he had even more weed that they didn't know about. So the, the weed itself was actually inoculating him to the effects oh, in the way okay. that the other characters were not being inoculated. I feel like that's us with like sneak and drinks. Yes, I think so. Yeah, if Jin if Jin prevented this from happening, we'd be fine. They'd be like, oh, we we spiked the wine that you guys are all like having. And I'd be like, but I've been like drinking a side cocktail in the kitchen every time I get up to go to the bathroom. <laughs> right. This isn't water with ice. This is just gin. Yeah. This is this just is gin, gin and soda. Um I, but yeah, okay, I'll say stoner just to give myself that cred. And then the yeah. monsters, boy, I, you know, it's, there's you're so right. many. I guess um, Fornicus, Lord of Pain, I feel like, you know, he's the closest I can get to Hellraiser. And he, he seems like he would kill you pretty quick. It didn't seem sure. like he took you anywhere. But then I guess I don't want to be chopped okay. up. Um, yeah. I'm going to go with a huge snake. Yeah. I would probably be like, if I saw a huge giant snake, I would probably be like, t- like uh, have a terror heart attack. Yes. On, on, on site. On, it would be on site for me that snake. I would die on site. And then finally, where would you place the cabin in the woods on our spooky scale, Allison? A spooky scale. I mean, I always think a meta movie is a little scarier than a, than a straight movie. So I want to say like a seven. Ooh, okay. Um, I, I feel like the exact opposite. I feel like a meta movie always makes it less scary, more fun. I love this movie. I watch it. I, this is like a, for me, like if I'm doing something else, like I'm cleaning, I'll put it yeah, on because I think it it's on. so fun. I'm going to say a four. I don't, I, I do think they did a good job. No, no, I'll give it higher mm. than that because the, the, the zombies really are scary. Um, I'm going to say a six because I generally find okay. the zombies upsetting. I find their backstory upsetting. I find the idea of a zombie family. Or like Their a backstory is pretty obsessed. awful. Yeah. 
And um, yeah, I'll say the six. And then all the meta stuff makes it less scary, but the the zombies themselves are nine or ten. And then the meta stuff okay. is like a three or the four. So a I think four, to balance it, it out. Yeah. yeah, it's a six. All right. Yeah, I, that feels right. Um, well, guys, uh, we hope wow, you enjoyed this. Wow, that was Cabin this. in the Woods. I know. We finally did it. Definitely a much requested film. Yes. And luckily, n- not one you had seen, unlike many of our other much requested films. Not many, but I mean like the three that are... People ask, but also that's why you saw them because you had that's peer why pressure I saw to be like, because I have to see Scream. Everyone has seen Scream. Everyone is talking about Scream. Every, I've, everyone always talks about The Shining. Like, the, yes. these are the movies I've seen. So um, yeah. I'm glad we got to do this one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, guys, uh, please follow us on um, Instagram and Twitter at Ruin Podcast. And please, any suggestions, um, any uh, yeah. movie recommendations? Movies questions we love you very much and thank you for listening to the podcast yes and uh rate review and subscribe on on wherever you get your podcasts that helps us you know leave us a review five stars i think this was a five-star episode as all of them are so absolutely if i do say so myself i would have to say another five-star episode (laughs) and they've all somehow fives across the board this whole uh, podcast it's crazy and until then until next week guys please we always ask and we're going to continue to keep it spooky keep it spooky bye Ruined is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Sabrina Fonfetter, and Houston Snyder. Recorded and edited by Kat Iosa. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. (laughs) 